Welcome to What They Never Told Us, the podcast where we explore our own personal journeys in the hopes to give you some insight into your own narrative. I'm your host, Sasha, licensed mental health counselor. And I'm your host, Crystal, licensed social worker. Yes, we are mental health professionals. However, we are not experts on anyone else but ourselves. You are the only expert on you. The information shared or discussed on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to another episode. Today we're going to be discussing something that we started last year in episode 16, uh, breakups. Uh, But the difference is that today we're going to be talking about the lessons that we've learned post-breakup, right? Because you need some time. If you all remember, um, I was going through a breakup during the time that I recorded that episode, and now I've had a year and change to reflect, uh, and Crystal also has been reflecting with me. And we are here today to talk about the things that we learned after some time. So, but before we do that, you know that we have to talk about what we're holding in. So, Crystal, what's inside? What are you holding in? Oh, I feel like I'm releasing a bit more, but I guess it's still with me. Definitely, I what inspired this episode for me was a lot of like the revelations that I had made post breakup. Wasn't my boyfriend, but a guy that I was dating. So I think like after we stopped dating a while ago, but I had a conversation with him recently, and I like realized something and it just made me feel like all of those feelings came back like it felt heartbroken again like I felt like like an ego death of sorts Mm. which I'll get into (laughs) because I was like I'm doing better and then it was like psych uh so so that was kind of like embarrassing um and just like anger and um just a, a little bit of anxiety not at all related to what I was just talking about, but just regarding some other areas of my life. So trying to be more mindful of that anxiety too, because I'm, I've, I'm starting to be more mindful of it. Maybe it's just because things are so quiet right now for me. Um, I think I have the space to like be a little bit more in tune with my body to, to notice the more subtle forms of anxiety. Nice. You said so many things, and I just want to backtrack just for a second because you said something like how, you know, psych, you, you, you're not better or mm-hmm. things aren't as good as you thought. But, like, I, I've been noticing lately, and it's not just a you thing at all. It's just, like, people in general, we want things to just be, like, in this all-good realm. And I feel like life is just this balancing act of, like, you are doing better. And you're also feeling X, Y, Z, right? Like they can, it's hard. And I was telling someone that we all need to do DBT, like dialectic behavioral therapy, just as a society so that we can like stop living in this uh, culture of cancel culture. It's all encompassing. So I just want to point that out because what you do is you take away your progress. I mean, I I get, I definitely get what you're saying. And I think I've just been waiting to talk to my therapist about it because I'm like, what does this mean? Like, I'm I'm having a hard time not necessarily holding space for it because I'm like, okay, I feel sad again, whatever. I will just feel it. Like, I'm not going to fight it. It's more so like, I can't wrap my mind around it because it it doesn't, it's not that I, I... it does feel like I took a step back, so let me not say that it doesn't feel that way. But it's just, like, I really thought that something had changed, and I just was like, it's just a different flavor of the same thing. And I'll get into it more later. Um, but what are you holding in? Uh, I'm holding in... You know, it's funny. I don't think I've been holding in a lot lately. And similar to you, this is, like, down season. So I just recently came back from vacation. I got to, like... I love vacation, not to get away necessarily but what it does is it helps me get away from my everyday and then like I have the opportunity to really reflect on everything like I reflected on everything that has been going on these past couple months how I've been acting realizing that I've you know and and I think we say it but when you're out of it a little bit you're like oh shit that's that's not good uh realizing I've been acting more in a space of um fear response or like um a deficit mindset and even though, like, I knew that it was unhealthy, like, I was trying to get out of it, um, but recognizing how detrimental it is, trying to figure out 
is it really possible for me to not get back into that mindset or am I just setting myself up for failure? Um, but also very happy that I got to relax, recognizing that maybe I just don't, I want to work. I do. I genuinely like what I do, but I have to find a balance in how I prove my worth to myself, right? Because sometimes I think I, I, I do too much and then it bites me in the ass. And then I look like, I don't know. I, I think I, I, and I get why I come off like this, um, you know, like Scrooge a little bit. Uh, from the, the the Christmas story, yeah. um, like and and in reality, that's not who I am. But it's like because I'm so inundated in this world of stress, and like I don't, I think I, I do that to be productive. And I'm recognizing that like um, that's old shit. So like I need to find a new way to do it. But that's that's what I've been thinking about. Yeah. So two things. One, I think um, you said the word prove to my like my worth to myself or something along those lines mm-hmm. and I didn't like that word so I just wanted to point that out <laughs> yeah there's nothing to prove I think it's just seeing the value right like proving still means like there's like some sort of competition like there's something you need to do there's something you haven't achieved like that there's something like missing almost um as opposed to just seeing the worth so just being mindful of our language um because i think that sometimes when we get specific or or hear specific words or are mindful of the things that we say we get insight into like where we're really at with certain things so i just wanted to point that out and mine might be off but i don't know the word proof really like didn't sit well with me and then really quickly the second part is i've been talking to people who have taken a vacation and i think in this I don't want to say post-COVID, but I don't know what else to call it. Um, this COVID like, world. In this COVID, yeah, I think that every I've just seen the benefits of just, like, up and taking a break. So if you have the privilege to do so, because, of course, it is a privilege to go on vacation and to take a break, uh, do so. Because I think it's, I've been hearing from a lot of people how much it's giving them perspective and just giving them like the the peace that they needed to just kind of like feel settled in this world that's very unsettling. And you know, it's funny, um, for the first time while I was on vacation, and I hate, I don't, I still have troubles doing this because it, it goes back to what you were talking about. I felt like I deserved a vacation, right? Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. shit, I really did work hard. And then I start thinking about the people who work their asses off and probably work way times, like, 10 times way harder than me. I'm like, fuck. Right? Like, it, it, it does bring me down a little bit, but I'm trying to find that. The way that I've been trying to pers- uh, frame it is to be grateful for the fact that I can take a vacation. Like, oh, fuck, I'm really grateful. And then... Um, this is the first time I felt grateful in a very long time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Or and maybe just being mindful, like you deserve the vacation because you exist, not because you worked hard. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I guess I do think there's a level of earning that we all have to do, right? Like uh, to get to a certain point. But uh, you said something very interesting about the narrative that we tell ourselves and the words that we use. So I think it's completely on point. It does match with um, one of my first lessons learned uh, in going through a breakup, which is if you regret, right, like anything that happened in the relationship, being with that person, which I think happens a lot, um, then you don't really learn anything, right? So in thinking about this and talking about it with somebody, there's a difference between regret and remorse, right? And like those are the, like, I feel like we need to change the words because I was actually talking to my therapist this week about my past relationships and comparing, not in a, a deficit mindset way, but just really comparing who I was with back then and who I am now, how I'm trying to learn different things and how fucking hard it is to be in the process of change. So, so uncomfortable. And, you know, my therapist is like smiling at me, like all happy. And I'm like, this is not, this doesn't feel good. Why are you smiling? Uh, <laughs> but we were talking about these past moments and, you know, there's so many things that I look back on my relationships in the past. Like I cringe, like, like, I think like, oh my God, how did I do that? Uh, why didn't I know better? Um, and like, I've been thinking about it and the answer is like, maybe I didn't know better. Um, and also maybe I knew better logically, but I wasn't in the emotional space and I didn't have the capacity to actually act and be better. Right. Um, so I feel like these things ultimately lead to a sense of regret. Like I shouldn't have, I wish I could, I wish I never met this person. 
But then something that I, I, I sort of realized that she brought up was if you actually live in a world of regret, um, you're removing any kind of uh, possibility of the lesson learned, right? Like, or even having this episode, if you really think about it, you're removing the ability to reflect, to say, okay, I made this mistake. This person was not good for me. I I went into this and it was the same, you know, different flavor, but same kind of product, maybe um, similar to what you were saying. But how can I move forward genuinely, right? Like, so I think that, the first thing that you have to acknowledge is that you're going to fuck up and we're not perfect. Um, and we have to just sit with what actually happened. And then we can start dealing with the, the processing of all the emotions and piecing it together and then learn coming out of it with lessons learned. Yeah. I think as I've been just kind of, accepting a little bit more of what's happening I think I've had less regret more like shouldn't have done that more like that's embarrassing but not like full-blown regret like I wish I'd never met this person or or anything like that I don't even think I've thought about it through lessons learned as much as it's like it happened I learned I'm in a different place I think also just accepting I've you know what it is I've accepted the person that I was in that particular point in time and I stopped being ashamed of that person mm. like oh like you, I think like a lot of times when I regretted things it's like oh but I was so stupid I should have made the decision I, I keep calling myself stupid I need to be mindful of that word yeah I think I now I'm just like yeah that I did the best that I could with what I had and I think that also helped to not like have regret also but that's not yeah. one of my lessons it's <laughs> funny Oh, but it's good, though, because I think a lot of people need that. Like, I I mean, just between you and I, like, think of the people in our lives. Like, how many times have you heard someone say, I wish I would have never met that person? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and it's like, but then you wouldn't be in this. And I I have a hard time with being positive, right? Um, because I don't want to undermine the experience of what someone else may be feeling when they're not in the positive mindset. But the reality is that we always have opportunities to change the perspective, learn something different and shift. Um, Mm -hmm. And and, and not in a way that I want to just say, get over it and get into this side of the the perspective, because I mean, that's not who I am at all. Like when I'm in a bad mood, I'm in a bad mood and that's it. And I just don't want anybody to comment on it. So like I, it's, it's a weird um, balancing act. So something that I feel like I've been reflecting a lot on is my patterns in relationships and the repetitiveness of my patterns. Even when they look a little bit different at their core, they're pretty much the same uh, patterns. And I think one thing, and I feel like women get a bad rap for this too, because I tend to see, and this is talking about cisgendered hetero people, um, just because I'm not too familiar with what dating looks like specifically within the LGBTQ community. So I don't want to comment on something I'm not aware of. Uh, But I, I find that women tend to like fall in love with potential and men fall in love with the person who's in front of them. And they make those decisions based on like, is the person who's with me here today worthy of deserving of, do I like them? do I want to be with them? And I think that women put a lot of like emphasis on what potential future partners can be like. And I think that when I realized how much I was putting emphasis into the future person, I realized, I was like, let me take a step back. Do I like the person that's in front of me today? I think I was surprised at some of the answers, like when reflecting back on like previous partners, I'm like, oh, I don't actually like like you. Mm. Like I think like I like what I think you can be, um, and what you can do for me, right? As opposed to who they are, just as a person, like just for existing. Absolutely, I feel like if you were in an auditorium, I would have been like standing up, round of applause. <laughs> Yo, like that is, it's funny because a lot of my lessons relates, it goes back to that. It goes back to exactly that. And I'm like trying to figure out which one to to, to like bust out, to like follow up, hold on, scratch that. It's so true. It's such a good 
point and lesson to to actually learn. And I do think it's, I don't know about all women. I can't tell you that. I think it's particular to Latina women. So my whole life, I remember hearing from so many different women, um, for as long as I can remember, that a woman, and like similar to your point, it's a gendered experience, right? Like a woman can change a man. Like you see it in the telenovelas, you see it in all these things like, oh, you know, a man changes for a woman. Right. And I love your reaction because it's so real. Um, But if you really, really sit down and think, think about it, what we're setting ourselves, what other women are setting women up to do. And I feel like I'm going to get so much hate for this is to literally act in a way where we manipulate and we are participating in a transactional way in order to get what we want, right? Because if you really think about it, my experiences when I've done things and I'm, I'm in hopes that this person would change, they would do the things that I want, right? But it was me bitching. It was me like nagging. It was, a, it, you know, it turns into this cycle of like, give me what I want, give me what I want. And to the point where from my experience, I remember I was even willing to marry somebody who was not compatible with me just because that's what I wanted from this person, right? And you know, <laughs> you know, so it's like, you think about it, you're like, that's so transactional and that's not who I want to be. How the fuck did I end up in that? And I really, I'm starting to realize that women have this thing, I don't know about all women, but we have this thing where we, uh, it's almost like we swear we can change them. Like, oh, you got potential? I'm gonna build that up. Like, no, that also has to do with you and your shit, right? Like, so it's, so that brings me to my next point um, is you cannot change a person. No matter who you are, no matter how banging your body is, no matter how good of a, a girl you are, right? Like these are all the messages. Like if you know how to cook, if you know how to clean, if you know how, if you're uh, sexually, freak- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, women, what is it uh, in the streets? A freak in the, uh, a lady in the streets, a freak in the sheets. Yeah, yeah. You can have all the criteria. But if that man doesn't appreciate you before who he really, like, because he has different morals and values and whatnot, it doesn't matter. You're not going to change him. You're not going to change him. And if all that potential in the world, it's just potential energy. You got to look for someone with who's actually moving and doing something, right? So I think it's super important to, like, recognize that we get into relationships based off our attachment, based off our personality, and whatever emotional structure we're used to functioning in, right? Like, and that, that means that you have to look into yourself. You can't change a person. And if you go into a relationship thinking you can change someone, you're inevitably setting yourself up for like a victim framework, mm. right? Like something's yeah. happening to me. This person didn't give me what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Ooh, They're this, 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 that. and this. But guess what? A relationship has two people and both people are responsible. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think that you also ca- can, in that wanting to change the person, um, cause them also a lot of harm. I think that a lot of times in relationships, whether it's platonic, romantic, familial, we think that because someone has caused us harm, because we feel like the victim, that we don't think that our behaviors affect other people. Like even in our healing process, even with our trauma, we deserve grace and compassion for our learning curve with things but also being mindful that as you're learning and growing you're also displacing a little bit of that onto other people and I think that when you enter into a relationship and you don't necessarily ask yourself do I like the person in front of me even if they're a shitty person like you're still causing them harm in some sort Mm -hmm. of way and I think that as people we need to take responsibility for the ways that we show up no matter who it is that you know, like no matter how that person is is treating us, I'm not saying that people necessarily deserve your kindness when they're being abusive towards you, but just also being mindful that your actions, your words have consequences. Absolutely. And sometimes, and this is from experience, that responsibility means that you have to cut the cord. Exactly. That That's something that I never... I don't know, in my last relationship, I couldn't do it for some reason. And now looking back, like... I don't have any regret. And I really understand that we just weren't a good match. And I get why he left. And then I also get my response, my lack of responsibility in thinking that we can engage in this cycle over and over again. Um, Mm. I needed to sit down and really say, like, is this sustainable? Okay, I need to have a conversation with this person, right? And then maybe we could have ended on better terms. Right. 
Absolutely. I think the other piece is that sometimes I think we're, you know, we're specifically and I guess we I say we because I know what relationships you're referring to. And I was there with you for some of that. Um, But I think sometimes we forget to realize and this was a semi lesson learned because this was the the situation where I was like psych it wasn't what that was um but <laughs> compatibility is important and I want to say that someone can treat you well they can be nice they can be a good person they can kind of like check tick off all of your boxes and maybe you don't align in your values maybe you don't align in your interests maybe you don't align in like the ways that you want to split up like you know uh like the your levels of ambition etc and I want you guys I just want people to realize that compatibility is important and liking the person that you're with is important which is why I say don't go into the potent what is their potential but who's in front of you right now because I think a lot of people are in relationships where it's like this person is great and they're still unhappy it's because you're not compatible like sometimes like a person can be great and show up in all of the ways that you want and still not be the person for you and I will say that's a different level of like sadness um especially when you're and I'll speak for myself and this one when you're used to like being treated like shit and then someone actually is present and shows up And then you realize like, oh, this is still not going to work, despite the fact that they're so good to me and they treat me so well. And you can tell that they care about you and it's genuine. And it's just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like sometimes it really does come down to compatibility and you have to be mindful of it, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you're used to being treated poorly. Because sometimes when someone comes in and treats you well, it's real good to just be like, you know what? I'm just going to stay on this on this boat and and yeah no don't do that I yo that's that's real um and I think it has a lot to do with when you're used to being given nothing when Uh someone gives you anything you just accept it something yeah but you have the rights to to say I want not because then that sounds transactional but just okay this is what I want to say just because somebody has good intentions from their perspective it doesn't necessarily truly mean that they are good intention right and then it also doesn't mean that they're going to act accordingly right because I, I've come to realize that the whole world has good intentions nobody wants to be a bad person everybody wants to be the smartest everybody wants to be the 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 one who works hardest but are you really Right. Like and I so this brings me to my next point of well, it's a two part. It's a two parter because um, I think they go hand in hand when you're meeting someone for the first time and you're attracted to them um, and you feel like, oh, this is potential. Right. You have the right to live in that potential for a little bit, because how do you get to know them? But you Mm -hmm. in order to do that, one, you absolutely have to believe when they tell you and show you who they are. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's how you can figure out compatibility. And then two, and that goes into your whole potential piece. Don't don't go into the imaginary world. That's 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 a it's something happening in your mind, right? Um, and then after that, you have to accept who they are. You have to like to your point. You have to sit down and say, "Do I like this person? Can they be in my life? Can I see that? Can I see it functioning that way?" Right. So like, people will almost always tell you who they are. They're not going to write a list, obviously. They're not going to be like, this is who I am. Show me yours. Um, I wish it was that easy. And you also have the right <laughs> to ask questions, by the way. Um, I think that as, especially with regards to women, we're afraid to ask because we don't want to scare the guy off. But the older I get, the more of my friends like literally have like a list, not in regards to like material stuff, but values. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, do we match here? And if the first date doesn't go well, they, they're like, nope, we're good. Um, yeah. You know, Think about it. Ask about their relational dynamics in the past with friends. Ask about work. The way they treat work is the way they're going to show up for you and the, the way they're going to work for you in your relationship. Um, you know, like, are they just like, like, I know my ex-partner, he used to just do this thing where he would go to work, shut the fuck off, and that's it. So it's like, <laughs> it's like and he that's exactly what he would do in our relationship. Um, he would put a little work in and look at me and be like, what more do you want from me? Uh, and like mm-hmm. for me it was just like oh it didn't match me right maybe it matches somebody else um mm-hmm. and you have to listen to what they're saying you have to figure out what their past relationships relationships looked like why they ended 
these red flags are showing themselves, right? Like, and they just don't erase themselves. They, they're there. Uh, and mm-hmm. you, it's your job to actually read it for what it is. Like people will always tell you, unless they're sociopaths and they're actively trying to avoid you seeing who they really are. But for the most part, human beings do this thing where we project who we are all the time. And then once you've kind of figured that out and are realistic with it, you have to accept who they are, right? Um, I feel like this is why a lot of relationships don't work out. Because it's not just that you two aren't compatible, but the reality is that you, somebody couldn't accept how the other person showed up, right? Mm -hmm. And that somebody usually was me. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. It was, but I also think I was trying to force myself to be compatible with people who I subconsciously understood were not good for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I, right, I was trying to force something like an act, a role, a performative version of myself to make myself feel good. And I'm noticing that now. Um, Hold on. Uh, And I also think that the reason that we fall into this trap so easily of um, really just kind of bypassing their red flags and saying we accept them and just looking at the the beautiful, amazing things is because we're so conditioned to show our best selves when we Mm -hmm. first meet somebody. And I, it's a, it's almost like a trap. It's a trap because you show your best self and we're all like in this little, you know, 50s black and white world where everything's peachy keen. And then you actually get together and then the true color starts showing because you no longer have an act. And you look at this person like, what the fuck? I didn't I don't like this. And you're not. And, and now you're almost in it because you're in love with them already, because you're in love with this idea of them. Um, and it's all messy. So I really do think that people need to start recognizing like just accept people for who they are and really take a look at what it is that they're telling you because they always tell you. Yeah. And I think also to be clear, there are stages of a relationship um, where like, of course, when you first meet, it's always going to be honeymoon. It's always going to be great. It's always going to be fun um, and stuff like that. So there are lulls that happen once you get out of the honey, the honeymoon phase. It's just a matter of like being very mindful of what's in front of you and know that the other person is also doing the same with you. Like they're also like, do I like this about this person? Do I, you know, it's not just like a one way street. It goes, um, both ways but if you feel like you don't want to show up as yourself for fear of losing that person then there's something for you to ask yourself about what are your own needs because the next Mm -hmm. thing that I want to say is when you do break up with someone and you're like I miss this person I I what is it that you miss about them do you miss Mm -hmm. like how they treated you do you miss the intimacy do you miss the gifts and stuff like that and the reason why I say that is like it's it's one of those things where you're like okay what do I miss like and put pen to paper if you're a visual person if you need to see it talk to a friend um so you can really begin to like break it down like what is it that you miss about this person why do you miss that thing is this something that only that person can give you or is this something that is that you can get in a relationship like is this specific to that person which many times it's not very specific to that person um but the reason why i think it's important to examine those things is because it does give you a hint into the parts of yourself that need to be fulfilled like what are the parts that you're missing that you're craving in somebody else right like in the last relationship dating relationship i was with there was a lot of like physical affection. There was a lot of like laughter, like a very like adventurous like spirit. And there was this like consistency and presence that I was getting that I had not gotten in other areas of my life. And I realized it during my time in Italy that that's what I got a lot of. Like I got a lot of consistency. I got a lot of presence and it soothed like who I was and it made me feel calm because I didn't grow up with that consistency. I didn't grow up with that presence. So now I know like, okay, like this is what I need to be fulfilled within myself. And it, and it's something that you're like, okay, this is, this is what I need as opposed to attaching it to a person specifically. Cause I think that's also what makes it so difficult to let go of certain people because they fulfill our needs and we forget to realize that others can also fulfill those needs. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting. Cause you, you made me remember something when I first started dating the last person 
my mom had noticed that I was complaining a lot and crying a lot. This is like six months in and she legit told me, she was like, make a list, make a list of the pros and the cons. And I couldn't bring myself to make that list. So that's also telling Hmm. me. Like I knew. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I also, you know, like, so that made me think of something. Uh, I used to have a friend who she was just like, well, I'm not going to get everything from my partner. So I'm, I'm going to get things from my friends or from myself. Um, but I feel like, so for somebody like me, I want to be in a very particular relationship. And towards the end of the last breakup, I was like, well, I guess I won't find it. Cause you know, I'm getting older and you know, you just fears start coming in. But then I also think that we have, there's like this line of realistically just saying like, this is what I want. Genuinely. I want someone to connect. I want someone to be vulnerable. I want someone to trust. I want to communicate, right? Like, and have it be authentic. Um, and you can wait and meet that person eventually, hopefully, um, versus what I think she would say, like, she'd be like, I'm not getting this from this person, so I'll just get it elsewhere. I feel like that's almost like a slippery slope for trend, like to be transactional. So I just want to point out to like, yes, you you can get you you can absolutely have your needs fulfilled elsewhere. And the only way that's really going to be the case is if you truly love yourself. Right. Like when you really are accepting of yourself and you love yourself, you don't need anybody to give you anything because it's not if it's missing. Like there's a level of understanding that you can rationalize differently instead of feeling like something's being taken away from you. And again, personal experience. But at the same time, I think that when you desire certain qualities in a person, like you have the right to desire those qualities because that's how you are going to be able to find a compatible match, a, a realistic compatible match. Right. So that means that the other things that you want on your list, they may have to go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And to be clear, I meant this more so like sometimes we attach ourselves to a person who's not for us, who's not compatible with us, who we're not going to have a healthy relationship with because there's this one need that we're not being fulfilled. And we're like, we're Mm. only going to get it from this person. And it's like, that's not the case. You can get that, those needs fulfilled. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't look for it in your next partner. It means you shouldn't stay with someone just because that specific need is not being, is being filled. But then there's all these other things that are like red flags. You're not happy. There's no compatibility. You don't agree on values, et cetera. Exactly. Okay, so really quickly, so I did mention earlier about like finding out about their last relationships, kind of looking for red flags. And I don't want to be this person who does not allow people to change. So in my last relationship, I obviously learned a lot. <laughs> and I, I, I remember when I met him, he told me about his cheating. He told me that, you know, he really wanted to be a good guy and I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think that we all should. Right. But I think that my mistake specifically in that, in assessing who he was and, you know, like I don't look back and think I should have cut him off. I look back and I think I should have assessed if he truly was like trying to change. And that's the difference. Right. Because I do believe that people can change because I know that. I have friends and like, I know Crystal has changed. I know I have changed, right? Like, I believe that that's a thing, Um, but it's really hard to spot the differences. So I just want to talk about that really quickly. I think when you're looking at somebody and they tell you that they want to change, it's great. But then you have the responsibility to hold boundaries and watch them, not necessarily from afar, but just kind of keep an eye on them and say, are they really putting the work into change? Because the work looks like what we talk about all the time in this podcast, right? It talks, it's about self-reflection. Um, it's about thinking about how your actions are affecting the other. It's about really trying to engage in a new way, which means that they're going to be busy with that. You both will be communicating about these things. You know, this person's going to come to you and ask like, hey, is this okay for you? Or, hey, I really don't want to make you feel this way. Um, if the person just says that they want to change and they they really don't engage in a process to to actually you know, prevent themselves from cheating, right? Like, and I know this is a touchy topic, but I think about my my experience, like this person claimed to want to change. He said that he didn't want to be a cheater anymore, da, 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 da. But then on Instagram, he was liking, and these weren't just like IG models, right? Like that were apart from him. He was always kind of engaging in this very flirty process with women. Um, and that's a huge red flag, one and two. That's how we met, <laughs> Like, you know, you really think about who, again, who they're showing themselves to be. Like, 
I believe people can change, but if you kind of get that feeling that they're just engaging in the same process and they're trying to hold this line, that line eventually will break and they're going to fall into old patterns. Yeah, um, I agree. I think that a person's willingness to learn and grow and understand, I think just seeing different perspectives outside of themselves is a big green flag um, in terms of is this person willing and open to learning and growing period Mm -hmm. Um, and I find that I haven't seen it and I think that it kind of segue it reminds me of the next thing that I wanted to say is that (laughs) I'm still struggling with this one but emotionally unavailable comes Mm. in different flavors y'all let me tell you it's not a one-size-fits-all type of deal so for me emotionally unavailable has looked like only wanting to spend time with you when it's convenient for them not making space for your emotions not making an effort to understand you when there's bids for you to connect um on a emotional level on a personal level like with intimacy there is none maybe intimacy just looks sexual is a sexual thing it's a transactional Mm. A thing. Um, and I realized that someone can be emotionally unavailable and not have any of the things that I just said. Like they can be present, they can um, listen mm. to you, they can make the time, and they're still emotionally unavailable. Because what I experienced uh, most recently was like this person spoke with me every day. I never had any doubts of like, oh, they might be cheating or anything like that. Like woke up at a time where they could speak to me, even though there was a huge time difference. Um, If there was free time during their day, would call me. Um, If there was an issue, encouraged me to speak to them about it. And there was still emotionally unavailable. And it had nothing to do with me. Um, and I think that that was also something that I had to to recognize and learn. I think I'm still taking it personal, even though logically I know that mm. it wasn't uh, personal. Um, and the reason that I was able to recognize this was from their inability to have a full range of emotions and their desire to stay in happy and light and fun and you know at first of course it's it's great because you also are in the honeymoon phase and everything feels light and airy and fun Mm -hmm. um but when the person doesn't have the ability to kind of shift out of that um I noticed when I would talk to them about something intense they would just stay quiet or they would just say like some textbook response that didn't give the sense that they understood what I was saying and it wasn't because they didn't want to understand it's because they couldn't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that I wanted to say that because sometimes emotionally unavailable does not look like someone ignoring you, cheating on you, um, or that traditional anxious avoidant dynamic that we see a lot of, like sometimes emotionally unavailable people, they don't want to, ignore you they want to be there for you they just don't have the capacity to do so and that has nothing to do with you yeah it's so real um and it's hard it's hard it's very very hard not to take it personal Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of the reasons that we stay in relationships like that at least speaking from from my experience purely is because of my shit right like Mm -hmm. our shit our baggage right so if we were to be in a relationship so for example this guy who I know who cheated on his ex um, and, you know, he he swore to me he wanted to be in a deep, healthy relationship, right? Obviously, I have feelings about that still. <laughs> but it's like, he said that, and I believed him because guess what? I wanted to be the thing that made him change, the thing that was deserving and worth enough in his eyes to to really change him. And it's like, yeah, no. No, yeah, sit, take a seat. My ego, <laughs> like I, I like I had to sit the fuck down, um, and really just kind of figure out what my baggage was, right? Like, so I think that that's the responsibility that I was talking about earlier. Like, we're not victims in this; it's two people. And as much as I dislike him, um, I also can't. Yeah, I blame him for not being whatever it is that I think people should be. 
but it was my also my choice to be in a relationship with him and I have to take responsibility for that so um when you're thinking about your baggage you have to start putting yourself in a mind space where you are realizing that you have your shit right and this is what Crystal and I always talk about about with regards to the work if you don't work on yourself you're also not going to be in the healthy relationship that you say you want right like you have to sit down and do all the things that you want that person to do um and if you mm-hmm. catch yourself not doing it you need more work too um because that is the only way you're going to put healthy boundaries that is the only way you're going to spot the signs that is the only way you're going to look at realistically look at how this person is treating their family their friends and their work and realistically assessing what's going on yeah absolutely and i think uh, this saying is so cliche it's all over like ig or whatever like people can only meet you as deep as they've met themselves that applies to you right you can't meet people any further than you've met yourself um Mm -hmm. and that's where coming doing the work comes in uh i think the other thing and i know that this is something that's maybe like a little bit more well known with like our ig pop psychologist um (laughs) so this is not necessarily something new but um i did want to bring it up is it's really like examining your relationships closely like past relationships and trying to understand the underlying pattern of like within the partners that you choose um because a lot of times that is connected to our early life connections like our early life attachments Mm. um so for me when i when someone's like why have your relationships not worked i'm like because i choose and that's me taking responsibility i choose emotionally unavailable men Mm. like my mother who was also emotionally unavailable uh so a lot of times i know this is so creepy and i hate this about psychology but sometimes we do end up dating someone who's just like our parent uh or behave just like our parent again even though it's a different flavor right? Mm -hmm. Like on the outside, the shell looks different, Mm -hmm. but the inside is still the same. So I think a lot of that work um, really comes from sitting with a therapist, doing the work, like really being in it um, in a very intentional way to understand what is the underlying dynamic and where does it like originate from and how do you heal that original wound in order to stop perpetuating the cycle in the next relationship that you're in. It's so hard, man. So that it is. <laughs> so one thing that's wild that you brought that up because I literally this weekend told my mother how when I was in grad school, like it kind of clicked inside of me and it hit me. I was like, "Ew, I'm dating my mom. Like I'm dating guys that are like my mom." <laughs> and she looked at me like, "What the fuck are you saying?" And I was like, "No, it's fine. It's normal." <laughs> and my sister was there too, and they. It's so funny, but it's true. You do date the people that you have attached to, um, mm-hmm. and it, it makes me think about the main components of a relationship, right? Like of a healthy relationship or what we know a healthy relationship to be. Um, And usually those components, um, things like trust, love, communication, safety, vulnerability, those things need to be earned, right? Mm -hmm. But people who didn't get that when they were younger um, and they don't recognize that people have to earn these things because let's just be real, our parents didn't earn that from us. They didn't even try. And neither did they give us the opportunity to experience what these components actually feel and look like so we're just out here like blindly trying to figure this out like we're in the dark um and i also think that we idealize romantic love or just any relationship and we put it on like this this pedestal almost mm-hmm. that it's going to just feel that way right and, and we don't realize that you have to do work to get there so similar to what you were saying like if you don't put the work in to to even sustain compatibility the relationship is not going to function right and the work is talking about it the work is telling your partner yo i don't feel safe right now i don't know if it's you i don't know if it's me but like but like if you're not communicating those things and you're just kind of putting that in like leaving that in it's unhealthy one and two you're not giving the other person the chance to actually show that they are possibly healthy and compatible with you and you're also not giving yourself the chance to to possibly see if this person is not compatible with you and These are the things that you have to work on when you're with a therapist or just friendships or because what that does is like, I remember feeling very resentful um, 
in my past relationships and having this victim mindset, like, why do things keep happening to me? Um, and it wasn't until that last breakup that I realized, like, I really have to sit my ass down and figure out what I'm doing that keeps putting me in this position because it's, I am a common denominator. Um, so yeah. That's... Yeah. That's the worst part. When you start to realize like, mm, what is the same here? Oh, it's me. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> yeah. I'm the common denominator. Like, fuck. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think one thing that I would like to do an episode that covers this more in depth at some point is something I came across on TikTok, which is like this guest versus ass culture Mm. where there are certain people who are very like indirect with their requests because of either fear of rejection or projecting of what it would mean to make this request to the person that they would like to make this request to, right? So they might be like, oh, I really love flowers. Instead of saying, I would love to receive flowers every time we're on a date, right? And then there's people who just ask for what they need. Like, I would like to go get food right now. I'm very hungry. As opposed to someone saying like, "Mm, my stomach is starting to growl. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's just two different ways of saying it. Um, And I remember the last a person that I was dating very much an ask person and I'm very much a like well blah 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 and I remember getting so upset and feeling like I could not trust this person because they weren't picking up on my cues Mm. um again because they're emotionally unavailable but that's a whole other story but also just because there's someone who's who's very direct right like and when I would ask for things I asked for them one time and I never had to ask for it again it was consistent and things like that and I needed to learn like what was my communication pattern what was their communication pattern so that I was able to just literally get my needs met and it's hard because I'm not someone who's been conditioned or learned to ask directly for what I need. But when I tell you, like, when you have one experience where you ask for what you need and those needs get met, I don't know that I really want to stick to my whole guest culture dynamic because I was like, oh, it's a different world on this other side. I like it here. Like, I'm going to go there. (laughs) So um, I think also just even being mindful. And I think this takes a lot of like, you need to be exposed to this dynamic in order for you to even realize it. I think it's hard to pick up on it if you're not aware. So I hope we can do maybe a full episode or IG live kind of like talking about this a little bit more. Um, Cause there's a lot more to it than what I'm even explaining. And it's very hard to get out of your specific way of communicating. If that's how you've been mm. like how you're, how you've grown up always. You know, that brings up so many things. And like, I, I agree. I, I would love to do an episode on that. Um, but specifically with relationships, I feel that it it's it's you know, I'm noticing different things happening at the same time, right? So we live in this world, this very big world where we're used to this culture. You're either a guesser or an asker, right? Like cuz that's a great point. But then you think about the larger model that we're in and what that creates within human beings. Um, it's very again, it's a slippery slope to engaging in a transactional way and I'm and mm-hmm. again, I'm not like I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about what it reminds me of because when I first started this relationship with that last person, um, it was very hard for me to distinguish. Is this person genuinely this person or are they doing things to fit because they have to. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like to to fit a model or to be a good boyfriend or to I don't know, to, to make themselves feel good. Right. And then. It was funny because I'm not like that. And even though I tried to be that way, and this is all subconsciously, I ended up making this person feel like they weren't good enough because like mm-hmm. I, I wanted something different. I didn't want the transactional stuff. Like I wanted this person to genuinely think about me, not just think about me because I said it, right? So it's weird for me. Like, yes, I think that we have to start asking for what we want. And we also, we also have to start differentiating. Remember that, that, that piece that I spoke to? Like, are you 
just kind of making this thing something you want or is it genuinely um is it mm-hmm. organically happening and that is one of the hardest things to figure out because i can tell you that i'm trying for healthy now i think i'm in something healthier and i've been in that the that transactional model for so long that like it, it i i literally feel like i'm floating in space sometimes cuz I, I can't ground myself and and then it's so weird um but yeah it's it's a very blurred line for me right now and it's hard yeah and I think for me with the whole like guess versus ask thing I think because that person did a lot of things without me asking that I enjoyed and that I liked and then I felt like were what I wanted in a relationship I felt like when I did ask it was just like oh this person just genuinely doesn't know like I wasn't asking Mm -hmm. for every single thing and I think that for me was the difference where it was like this person is still doing a lot without being asked so when I want a little tweak it's just better for me to ask because they're not going to understand unless I explicitly ask. But I think that's also the reason why I think a longer episode would be better because there's so many layers to that. Like, how do we get conditioned into that? What's that line between asking too much or, you know, like inferring, being too much of a guesser and not speaking up? You know, there's a, there's a lot of layers to that one. Uh, well... Thank you to everyone for listening. I hope that you were able to learn, you know, from all of the things that we were never told, all of the things that we needed to learn the hard way that inspires you to really take a hard look at yourself, your relationships. Um, and, and I will say, we talked about romantic relationships, but a lot of these lessons can be applied to friendships, familial relationships, platonic relationships. Um, so don't think that all of this is just for your romantic relationships. Uh, definitely make sure to follow us on Instagram and or TikTok at Never Told This Pod. And if you enjoyed this episode, you want to send us a note, send us an email at nevertoldthispod at gmail.com. Yes, and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you get the notifications and you can keep coming back so we can continue to tell you what they never told us.